0: episode number 88 hi this is martin woodward
1: and this is greg duncan
0: hey greg it was uh we just back from build great to have seen you at build
1: yeah absolutely we survived mostly
0: well uh, yeah are you <laughs> feeling better because on the final day you look you were looking a bit you were looking a bit peaky there you look weren't looking the healthiest
1: hey, yeah well we were supposed to record a show there that friday of build and yeah i totally backed out because i was I don't know if I brought the cold with me and I infected everybody at build, or if I picked it up there. But the damn conference colds just kill me.
0: Yeah, we're blaming the conference colds and not the the order of magnitude of conference parties, of course. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I would be, I would have, have recovered. You know, I'm just barely recovered now, so that would be a. Conf- you know what? I was feeling so. Cruddy, I didn't even go to the attendee party Thursday night.
0: Wow, and that was it was Age of Ultron, wasn't it? Exactly.
1: You know, if me saying, you know, skipping free beer—that's
0: and a free Avengers movie. That yeah. is pretty. That's pretty extreme. That you must have been sick.
1: Yeah. So, but I, I, I've I have survived. So that's good. And yourself?
0: So how, how? Oh yeah, no, doing good. It was a really good conference. Um, it was. Uh, on my side, uh, we had lots of stuff, you know, in the new gig to talk about over at the .NET Foundation side and the open sourcing of .NET side. So uh, there's lots of exciting stuff there. But how, I don't know. How, was, how were things for you as an attendee compared with previous years? Was it Everyone seemed to have drank the Kool-Aid this year. Was it good for you? Yeah, no,
1: it was great. Actually, this was, uh, this was a great build. Um, there were uh, some of the things that I whined about last time. You know, last year on Friday, the last day, they tore everything down. You know, they kicked everybody out, all the attendees, how they even took all the chairs last year. This year, wow. it was all three days, so you could do all the showcases and everything all three days. Uh, the food still sucked, but, you know, there was so many places to eat just right across the street that that was fine. Yep. Um,
0: Chipotle's just across the street, you know, with about <laughs> 10 Chipotle's within a, a three-block radius. So the important no things.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the news w- was – pretty darn outstanding. You know, I I still always whine about the line of business stuff that I don't see. I mean, in fact, there was zero WPF sessions this time. Mm. Last year, Mm -hmm. there was one, I think. This year, there was zero. Uh, But the story that I'm hearing is better and Better The Windows last year was Windows 8.1, I think was the big story. They hadn't even announced Windows 10. They talked about we saw that preview of what the new start menu would look like last year. Just a year later, you know, we're playing with Windows 10. um And, and it's, you know, here on the horizon. So – and the universal application story and the big news, though, you know, I, I whine about the line of business stuff. The biggest news I think for me from my seat, with my experience, mm-hmm. were all the bridges that they talked about bringing into the store, uh, the fact that you're – Win32.NET application can be packaged up and put out into the store and you can have consumers with their uh, Windows 10 uh, uh, PCs, notebooks kind of devices get those applications and install them and run them. I thought that was pretty huge. Uh, I really dug that. And then the surprise news about seeing the Android C++ uh, Java code you know, being recompiled and, and run the Objective-C Stuff those bridges was just wow. Uh, nobody expected the objective see stuff. Uh, so that was pretty nifty. So what, the, from a line of business point of view, or from you know even from me, I, I write some .NET applications for my coding for fun stuff. A bunch of little cheese me applications that I use. Matter of fact, you wrote some uh, C sharp applications that we use in production for the show. We could pu- mm. we could package those up and put them in the store now. We don't have to rewrite them from scratch. Even to the point, you know, I I saw this in some of the comments. If you're a VB6 developer and you're still, you know, you you will they'll pry VB6 from your cold dead fingers. um, You can package your app up. Basically, you create an MSI. You run this packager. It'll examine that. You can actually put that into the new Windows 10 store and have people buy your apps and install them.
0: And it's not so much. It might not even be. You know, it's not so much your VB VB6 developer because. Well, you know, you can't pry VB6 from your cold dead hands. Though, though VB6 is awesome, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big, you know, I was a big VB6 guy myself back in the day. But it, it's more of a fact you've got so much investment in VB6, especially line of business investment, right? You know, and you, we, and, and so you give me a model where I can deploy those apps in a way that works. Moving to Windows 10, you know, moving to Windows version that doesn't let me do that is going to be an issue, right? And the, the fact that they've got like a four, the, the fact that they have that path seems just awesome, you know. For so there's, there's the code you're bringing with you, and that 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 can happen. There's the users you're bringing with you. you no know, users that are used to start menus, users that are used to using Windows in their desktop mode. You can bring them with you. That's awesome. Then there's the other way. You know, you can take code that's been t- written for Android or written for iOS and 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 port it easily to Windows. That way is awesome. The fact you can, you know, it was just yeah, it I, it feels like the they're heading in a definitely in a, in the right strategic direction with Windows 10. You know, obviously they've got to you know get the the proof is in the pudding. They've got to ship <laughs> that thing and have it stable and uh, you know have it have it out there and have everybody using it. But man, they seem they seem to have different company, isn't it, in terms yeah. of strategic direction and in terms of attitude and humility and 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 actually understanding reality. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, the reality, the view of the reality. There's the perfect world, then there's our world, and you know. Yeah. Uh, and still, even the fact that you know when we deploy these applications, there's there's not like you're going to be getting an MSI from the Windows Store. They're using the technology and the learnings that they learned behind App V. It's not exactly App V, but it's a lot like it. The application virtualization that's been part of the Microsoft Desktop Optimization Pack (MDOP) for forever. They're you know exposing that, making that available, a version, a kind of thing like that. And that's how we're going to be deploying our VB six one thirty two apps to. The store, And more importantly, it's a full trust application. So mm. you can deploy an application to the Windows store that talks to your inside the firewall SQL server. Mm. That is actually the key. But the important thing is you're not really building a universal application. Okay. You won't be able to take – even though they say these Windows Universal applications will run on every device from zero inches to 80 inches, these bridged applications are targeted. Mm-hmm. You, just because it's in the Windows Store, you'll only be able to run it on PC-like devices.
0: Mm, I'd be interested to see how you know I mean how the store submission process works there. We're used to we used to kind of checking which ones go to what and so on and so forth. That's yeah. gonna be interesting. yeah, 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 I've signed up and in- isn't the, isn't the Android stuff only like the iOS stuff or is it one of them? like the iOS stuff's only applicable to one of them's only applicable to phones. one of them's only applicable to pcs or something like that. It's not. You know it's not completely the whole I I don't know I'm just going off what I read on right. Mary Joe Foley's site I'm not I'm not going off any insider information here yeah, I, I, I don't know a full state. It, it, The proof is in the pudding, it, right. but it certainly looks like it's heading in the right direction.
1: And those bridges are still work in progress, very much so. The project Centennial, yeah, yeah. which is the Win32 stuff, I, I've signed up for the beta on it. The same with the Android and the the iOS stuff. Those are still those bridges. I, I would not be expecting to deploy day one Windows 10 release your yeah. you know iOS app, but just the fact that they're working on it and seeing it that, it, that and that it's coming.
0: Uh, but you and you gotta remember that's what build's all about. It's not about um it's not about it's yeah, it's not about what's in market right now, it's about what's coming to market, right. you know, where we're going. Giving you, the developer, the sneak peek into what our direction
1: is. Right. And the fact that, you know, I always have to always remember what division, even though it's one Microsoft now and all the good kind of stuff, it's still build is building Windows. You know, build windows is the URL. So it's not a development tools. Show, and and that one kind of hit home a little bit. Uh, Last week, uh, Microsoft announced the release of Visual Studio 2015 and Team Foundation Server 2015 RCs, but that didn't make the keynotes. That was not not that I remember ever seeing, and I was at both keynotes. They did not announce that. Now, they did announce, I think I'm jumping ahead here. Uh, uh, the VS Code, but first let's let's talk about the releases. Let's talk about the okay. studio. and well, you
0: uh, in the in the keynote, so sp- Yeah, it's funny. It, it was. I know it was. I don't know. I didn't know it wasn't announced in that first keynote. I, it, it was. It was slated to be in that first keynote. It, um, but um, it, and we certainly it, it was made public at two o'clock in the afternoon after the first keynote. Right. But um, yeah, I actually didn't. I actually didn't realize it hadn't been mentioned in the keynote. Because, I, at uh, least
1: I don't remember explicitly them mentioning it. It, it, and if the keynote they, ran long by an
0: hour and a half. You would think they could have found uh, time. To it was it. long,
1: man. It screwed up Jeez. the whole day. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I really don't remember them doing it now. I could have been distracted. You know, there were so many shiny things to, to be looking at and stuff. But yeah, it, we don't have
0: Hololens in the key, in the in the show notes. I noticed <laughs> that was definitely the shiny demo at build, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, sure was. But, uh, yeah, it was it was good. It was a good demo. And the. Um, uh, yeah, the thing for me that was quite interesting was there was actually quite a bit of I don't know when I was talking to people at the booth mm-hmm. there, there was quite a bit of confusion on day one. I don't think it sank in yet because we spent. A lot of time talking about how we're taking, you know, we're making .NET development, you know, and making it cross-platform. And during the day one keynote, we showed, you know, taking an ASP.NET application, um, having it in a Docker container deployed to Linux on Azure and debugging all of that from Visual Studio kind of thing, um, which is awesome. And then, then they had, you know, it going the other way around, taking an iOS application, an iOS game And uh, tablet game and having it run, you know, pressing F5 in Visual Studio and having it run on Windows. And um, they were kind of like, people's minds were just blown, weren't they? Like, so which way is this? Which way are we going? And it's like, it's both. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Huh? How do I? What, you know, it was like, what do I think to that? It was tend to you know, we were like, it, it seemed to be overwhelming in terms of the possibilities. You know, it's it, it's it's about being open. It's it's going everywhere. You know, encouraging developers onto the platform, and but also making developers, you know, making you as a .NET developer, making sure you can maximize uh, those skills and 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 target. You know, make as much money as possible. So yeah it's interesting right. um, so did we cover some releases we, we did um, as, as you mentioned we did announce that we um, we made the RC available for Visual Studio um, 2015 and Team Foundation Server 2015 so Brian Harry did um, a blog post about that uh, which is kind of a good recap where he talked about the, um, the Visual Studio and Team Foundation Server RCs but we also made available the release candidates for update 5 of Visual Studio and Team Foundation Server 2013 just to make it even more complicated so um you know if if you want to uh, give them a go the easiest way is actually to um there's vms in the in the azure gallery you know just to go create a vm in in azure and play with it if you've got an azure subscription through MSDN, if you've got an MSDN, and haven't activated your azure benefits yet you're oh. crazy go activate them right away um but the, uh, no, we, so we announced all those things. The, the easiest way to log issues with either of those is to either use user voice or, you know, make use of that. You see the little smiley thing in the top corner? Make use of that. You'd be, um, you'd be amazed at the amount of, um, of the amount of relevance that has to the team, you know, when those things come in, people are very, very pleased when they get a mention or, or, or they don't get a mention in, in those sorts of things, you know, so send a smile or send a frowny. That's, that's definitely a good way to do feedback as well as everything else.
1: And the important thing um, is the RC is go live. You get. You yeah. Get oh support, yeah, of
0: course. Right? Yep. 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 The 2015 RCs as well. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, and that's very important to remember. And Brian has also blogged. You know, he kind of preempted it, the announcement about the RC shipping by announcing a few days earlier that that um, hey, by the way, here's the first production deployment of uh, Team Foundation Server RC I know about, and and uh, outside of Microsoft. To which everybody piled onto the comments with, "How do I get hold of the RC?" <laughs> <laughs> to which his comment was, um, "Hold on a yeah. couple of days, and maybe, uh, maybe there'll be an announcement. Maybe, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what you get for being." you know a technical fellow and v and corporate vice president kind of level of approval authority you can do what the hell you want so um yeah so we announced those things we also uh showed off a team project rename so that's there finally um and uh that caused some issues which has been fun but uh yeah that's that's in and um uh the build v next stuff have you had a play with that yet
1: no no i haven't you know so
0: it's getting it's coming along you know it's still in like preview mode but it's the fact that it i was playing with it for the first time it's awesome (laughs) it's so much easier um and it just it's like solved all the issues i had with the old build system um in terms of you've got versioning you know it's all completely cross-platform um, you can do things like, you know, out of the box, you've got things like do an, do an Android build, do an Ant build, do JUnit testing, do sign my Android application. You know what I mean? It's got all that stuff in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, we showed off a bunch of stuff around deployment as well. So once you've built your stuff, actually doing, you know, deploying and release managing these things. Um, and that very much is very integrated into Build v next and, you know, um, it reuses a lot of the architecture there as well. So taking a build you have and pushing it out to different production machines and, you know, deploying out their Docker or deploying PowerShell or using PowerShell desired state configuration on Linux. What's going on in the world? It's just <laughs> you know, keeping in to- keeping on top of all this stuff is just crazy and then of course um, testing and release validation as well you know, when you've got your stuff deployed out there making sure it's actually, well, making sure it actually works before it does get deployed in an automated way and then finally once it is deployed, being able to get that data back of actual usage and how things are going via application insights. so that kind of whole end-to-end stories out there now um, so yeah, it's pretty, um, pretty crazy. So I was seeing anything oh, the Sonar cube integration as well for.net. Did you see that one?
1: I saw it and I saw the session, but you know, I, I still, I've got that queued in my on demand, which is the important point to, uh, for everybody. To oh remember. yeah. If you guys missed, Ah, uh, build. If you missed uh, ignite, it's happening as we speak. It's all mm-hmm. available on demand. So you know, go back, queue these things up. There's a session about SonarQube. Um, what's it called? I actually have it here in my release notes uh, about how to use that. And and SonarQube was an open source solution uh, to help you with your yeah. Dev- but we've, we've
0: done a lot of work with them to make sure we can get it working for net projects. You know, so and that there's good integration with Visual Studio ALM and things. SonarQube's like a popular. Um, almost like technical debt analysis solution right. in the Java world, and um, yeah, so just making it work with .NET code, but then also if you're using it for Java stuff and .NET stuff, being it, making sure it works well with uh, Visual Studio and Visual Studio Online and TFS and things. Awesome. So. That's very cool. And then, um, gosh, there's just so much stuff. We showed off integration with Power BI for reporting with VSO and, and TFS, which is you know the next generation of reporting solution. We, we, we I mean, we've talked about this a lot already, but um, the agile project management stuff is really coming along. You know, I covered dashboards and task boards and things, so uh, we showed off a bunch of stuff there. And then um, uh, we will. We, we'll, I'm jumping ahead probably but um, uh, Will Smythe did a session on Visual Studio extensibility and that's come along a long way yeah. and so there's uh, there's a whole load of stuff about that. I and, saw uh, that
1: session, that was one of the few sessions I actually was able to to attend and that was a good session just showing how much easier the extensibility story has gotten. Yeah, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm t- hoping Diego's <laughs> going to get involved here and do even more crazy stuff considering he was he was able to, yeah but the, yeah. Uh, the integration possibilities are just awesome and the, some of the demos they showed were just my Blowing as well, really. So it's all good, and all that. All the demos, uh, the source code for all those are available. They've even got like a team calendar one up there, and got the source code for that available up on GitHub and things. So. Yep, it's uh, there's a lot of stuff. So I think probably it's go catch the sessions, isn't it? Is a yeah. key takeaway. Go yeah. Go, go on to channel nine and go download some stuff. I tagged all the I got all the net sessions, they're all tagged. I'll uh, make sure I'll have a word with Brian Calor and make sure well you could do it, Greg, make sure all the ALM sessions are tagged. And then we could stick a we in the next in the next couple of show notes we'll stick a link, you know, so that people can get to those ALM sessions easily. How about that? Yeah, that sounds makes sense. Cool. Uh, and then obviously in the keynote, the next big announcement was um, around VS Code. Do you want to talk about that? Because I'm was a bit i I'm, I'm a bit too probably close to that project. So do you want to talk about <laughs> Yeah, did? that was the big uh, – Do you want Hanselman, to explain what it is? Yeah. yeah, Scott
1: Hanselman did the demo on it. He was all like, you know what? I, I don't think we've blown your guys' mind enough yet. And he was showing a demo, and he fires up this new IDE. I'm like, whoa, 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 what's this?
0: He, and a new editor, not a new IDE. Oh, uh, like uh, yeah.
1: Editor. Sorry. 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 Yes that's why it says the visual studio code as in code editor, not a development environment mm-hmm. <sighs> I worked dead in my head. Um, but the key of this thing is just speed. It's fast. It's and it's code focused. That's pretty much all you do with. There's no pretty design surfaces or anything else. It's code for coders uh, and it's open source. It was actually very ironic that, Breakfast right before the keynote, I was sitting at a table and we were talking about what we, we want to see. And we were talking about the open source story. And, and, and one of my uh, table mates there was talking about, well, you know, there, I know, you know, net's going on Linux and Mac and Mac, but you know, what about Visual Studio? And we we're like, oh no, Visual Studio will never go over there. You know, uh, blah, blah, blah. We're stuck with the solutions that are already there. And then they announced, you know, Visual Studio code, which. Again, Blue Mario, he was showing it, Scott was showing it on Windows. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've blown your mind enough. He shows it on the Mac. I think he showed it on Ubuntu. He showed it on Linux. Yes. And then didn't he even show it on Raspberry Pi? Or It was just like insane, this super fast, super slim, mostly like 99% open source, you know, uh, um, at least foundationed code editor. That's free. You
0: know, and cross platform.
1: Yeah, cross platform. And it's not
0: just and it's not just a code editor. You've got like full IntelliSense there, you know, with Om- Shop. You're right. It's
1: not Notepad for you know it's uh-huh. not like Visual Studio Notepad. It, it's definitely a fully enabled, real IntelliSense, not you do like break a
0: breakpoints, it's got a Git integration. You know, it's it's a proper programming tool.
1: Yeah. And it's fast. It just launches, yeah. you know. Visual Studio launching has gotten better but this thing I'm looking at it now we we forgot to talk about my uh Last shows, you know, guesses on the build giveaway.
0: I, I was going to bring that up after the break. Actually, oh. let's do that after the break. Let's let's recap that then. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I hit that. It's one. Probably, I, I I'm going to jump to one of my things as well. So as well as Visual Studio Code, which we'll will we'll stick a bunch. Of, like John Papa did a great uh, blog post about it, didn't he? But, but um, and and so did Mickey as yeah. well. And Mickey's talking at them as we speak. Mickey's giving a speaker a session <laughs> at Ignite, so that's good. But the um. Uh, as well as all that stuff, hey, just a quick plug for some of the things that you know. We did also uh, show a, a preview of .NET Core uh, running on Linux and Mac, and had downloads of those available as yeah, well. The so binaries,
1: yeah, the code's been mm-hmm. available, but actually, you can now get the preview binaries, which is pretty cool.
0: And the code's also on code availability. If you want to have that running on FreeBSD or something, the, one of the guys, uh, you know, the, the port team we call them, but it's basically a guy, a set of te- a guys in the community have contributed, got FreeBSD support working and they're cranking on other platforms and well, it's exciting. There's a lot there's a lot going on. It's a good time to be a dot net developer, I feel. I was having lunch with uh one of my um old colleagues and you know we we're chatting about dot net development and things and I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a good time to have dot net on your C V right
1: now. <laughs> you know, it actually is. That, that, that's... Yeah, that's
0: good. Well, I'll, I'll keep beating that jump a bit more in my current job. How about that? Um, and then just, Chris, so they have got those downloads. I'll stick a link in the show notes. And I'll also stick a, a link in the show notes to all the downloads for, um, you know, if you want to give Team Foundation Server 2015 RC a go-in production, then I'll stick a link in the show notes so you can download it and give it a try. Definitely should. Uh, it's it, We're at the time now where if you're thinking about doing an early upgrade, it would certainly be very wise to, you know, take a backup of your database uh, go install the RC of TFS 2015 in a VM and do a restore of that. You know, your your um TFS instance in in the VM and start measuring how long it takes. You know, does everything work and the features light up and start to really get up to speed with? You know, what what's the process going to be like if I want to do this upgrade? Is it going to be a you know, is it a couple of hours during the day job or is it a coming on a Saturday upgrade or is it a you know? pay some consultants to come in and do it for you type upgrade i think we're away from that now we're we're depending on the site i mean we've had people who there are significant um changes to the schema in this release right. so the upgrades uh, we've had some upgrades that have taken a while but um you know not like days, like it used to be. So uh, we, we we spend a lot of time on upgrades now, having this like life, you know, production service that gets upgraded every three weeks. So um, we've had a lot of practice of doing upgrades, a lot more than we do in, would in a typical upgrade upgrade cycle. So I'm hoping it's going to be fairly smooth. But now's the time to prove this out and try and fix any bugs before we ship. You know, so please do, please start trying to at least do an upgrade. You know, and practice that, even if it does, even if you don't use RC. In Production, please do a production practice upgrade and let let the team know if there's any problems.
1: Right, and we'll put in the show notes the release notes. You'll you'll definitely if you're even if you're just thinking about trying to sell it you know mm-hmm. internally you got to check out these release notes it's, it's a huge list there's so much stuff isn't uh, there yeah it's like you know 27 pages or well not
0: that and what what's like. interesting as well is the um the amount of stuff like last time between TFS 20 between was it update 4 was that the final update of 2012 and I don't know maybe there was another one after we shipped but between the last update of Visual Studio 2012 and Visual Studio 2013 the number of changes in TFS wasn't huge because it was kind of the same Mm co-base but for various reasons in tfs 2015 the co-base forked fairly early in the process and so there have been a few feature major features that got backported into tfs 2013 like like pull requests but then all the new stuff to do with pull requests for instance um like um branch policies and a bunch of stuff they're only appearing in the in the in the final version of tfs 2015 so yep there's there's an all the agile stuff and there's just so much so much value in that tfs 2015 release that you know it's going of and I think I think the update is going to be a fairly smooth one from everything I've seen. But you know, the proof's in the pudding. So um, yeah, I would strongly encourage people to go towards that as soon as they can.
1: Well, this is kind of like the TikTok thing, right? 2013, yep. 2012, 2013 was you know a tick, and this is a talk, or however those go. But uh,
0: I guess I don't know. It doesn't feel like a talk, but yeah, I guess it must be for yeah. Oh, yeah, for an
1: on-prem. Yeah, this is a pretty huge. Uh,
0: yeah, it's a lot of value. It, yeah. And and if you're still on twenty twelve, then yeah, twenty fifteen is, is um just there's there's a lot of stuff <laughs> there for you.
1: That'll be yeah, that would be a big upgrade.
0: Wouldn't it? Man. Yeah, definitely. Hey, do you wanna should we do the, the is it this is it that time of the show?
1: I think so. I think so. Um episode eighty eight of Radio TFS is brought to you, that's right, you guys, by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers. And TFS ALM Consulting. You can reach them at www. or via email at sales at saasmadeeas dot And if you're if you're scared about doing your upgrade, if you've got a huge installation, if uh, you know, just something you don't want to take on board to do, you know, these are the guys, or at least some of the guys you want to give a call. You know they, they live. And breathe, TFS. So, uh, Or
0: if you want to have a hosted version of TFS with customized processes right now, then right now they're one of the few options you've got. How about that for a smooth segue into your next topic?
1: (laughs) And speaking of that customization, uh, Visual Studio Online has been fairly well locked down uh, until now. Uh, They've been upgrading it and stuff. But the customization has been uh, uh, unofficial. We've talked about some upgrades and some of the things. Uh, no, those are the web extensions. Uh, even for VSO, no, it's been lock locked down. Now mm-hmm. they are doing the, the um, previews and looking at how do you upgrade the VSO environment, the actual real hosted at Microsoft or by Microsoft VSO environment. Um, and we'll include a show post, a uh, uh, show link here in the post. There are both things that you can customize and write to customize. But there's also going to be a, uh, a gallery called uh, Visual Studio Online Integrations. So uh, the some of these integrations have been a while since they've had these hooks in there, but they're going to be able to build more. And basically, you're going to be able to start on this is the road towards tweaking it yourself to make it your environment
0: yep no it's looking really good and i like the way they're doing it as well in terms of there's some safety rails around there and yeah. things like that so yeah it's looking like a scalable solution it's pretty looking pretty excited hey um and it's big news you know that's that when i when i've been talking to uh i've been amazed at the number of enterprises who are wanting to go to visual studio online like we didn't think we didn't think that would be happening for years but um uh people just don't want to be in the business of stuff that's not their core competency and and if they can um get out of the business of having to, to do upgrades having to keep those servers running and their their managers will let them not have to do that you know because they're <laughs> frightened about their because they're frightened about not owning this stuff mm-hmm. um it seems after email source control is is starting to be like the next thing that people are looking to get out there and get hosted in the cloud and you know get, get out of the business of hosting source so um it's getting really popular um active directory integration was one of the huge things that, that had to get done before enterprises could get on board that's been done now and that's working quite well and so the next and um, we're actually getting some you know major 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 enterprises outside of microsoft moving over to vso which is really exciting and this one process customization is another big one and so once this gets uh, and then the final one is reporting which with the showing off with the power pivot stuff <laughs> once those things are delivered i think it's you know i think the number of enterprises moving over is going to get bigger and bigger so yeah it's, it's very exciting um so, Brian, Harry did a, an interesting blog post, which was, again, uh, it's always hard to do one of these posts. I've tried. <laughs> I will talk about that in a second. But basically, he was like, uh, th- there was another round on Twitter of Team Foundation version control is dead. Um, it kind of, you know, yeah, there are various reasons, <laughs> uh, and it kicked off, and um, it's not. <laughs> it just isn't. But it's really hard to prove, the, prove a negative, you know what I mean? Right. Um, you, you can only do it by judging the actions, I think, and the... the it's a it's a problem Microsoft have that's a problem of their own doing because we never come out and say when we've stopped investing in things. You know what I mean? So we kinda we kinda have to leave people to assume that. Right. We've never come out and say, hey look guys, you know, we're not doing we, we're never like pulled off the band-aid or pulled off the sticking blaster. Um we just kinda let things sit there and kind of don't invest in them and you know, you're supposed to take lack of talk as as a sign of that. Uh-huh. And so then when there are things which we don't talk about much like we are, we are. Well, it depends on who, it depends on what you're listening to. But you don't, you know, listen to this. You don't hear me talking about TFEC a lot, even uh, though there's a whole team working on that. You hear me talking about Git because a, that was what I was closely involved in. But also b, it's because the Git support was so far behind the TFEC support <laughs> that we had a lot of catching up to do, and so that's what we were doing. Um, and so Brian was just trying to make it very explicitly clear. And if you know Brian, Brian's word is his bond. He is the most integral person he's got the most integrity of anybody i know you know what i mean Mm -hmm. when he says something he he means it um and he's saying look tfz is not dead he has People working on TFS every, on TFVC every single day. Um, features when we add features in, um, we we um, add them into both version control systems wherever whenever that makes sense. So if you look at um, the stuff we did with Markdown support, you know that got added to, to both source control systems. When we did when we did code commenting, that got added into both con- source control systems. Pull requests aren't in um, TFEC because pull requests are kind of a Git thing, but. Uh, pull requests are git's answer to code review you know what i mean which came to tfvc first so there's there's a whole raft of things there now there are places where um there is only git stuff and that's where you're targeting certain audiences so for instance we're not adding git support to xcode and not git support sorry we're not adding git support tfvc support to xcode mainly because we can't because you know you can't build that sort of integration into xcode right but also it's not something that would add a lot of value to that community because then we'd have to go, like, explain to them how TFVC works. We'd have to convince them to use it, and there's just no point. So just let them use Git. Equally, the VS Code stuff, that's not – the VS Code stuff is targeted at the lightweight code editing solution. It's targeted at the Git user. It's not targeted at, you know, uh, built-in IDE integration and source control and things. So that doesn't have TFVC support. That has Git support. So, yeah, it's basically saying, look, TFVC isn't dead – everybody will be using tfvc for the foreseeable future and by that i mean at least 10 years you know what i mean and by that i mean everybody like tfvc is by far the most popular source control system of new customers to visual studio online and to tfs and to everything you know git git is the one you know is new but it's not the most popular and it won't in you know, it's got a long, long way to go, even in the whole source control world. You know, like if you take the entire source control market, um, not just people dot .NET, but the entire source control market it is still, you know, while it's popular, it's still a long way behind TF- TFEC and Subversion and, and SourceSafe is still number one, <laughs> <laughs> which is horrible to think about. But there we go. So, you know, it's not that uh, we're still investing in it. Still keep investing on in it. If you choose not to believe Brian, that's your choice. But <laughs> Brian doesn't lie. Speaking of things are not dead, I've, had, I've, I've added this one into the show notes, Greg. Okay. I was, because obviously I've been involved in Coplex for a long time, not in the Coplex team anymore, but Coplex isn't dead either. If you go to Coplex.com, you know, it's still there. We had a, we had a chat about Coplex will Mirror build and, mm-hmm. you know, I had the co- similar conversation with other people and I'd had this conversation a lot. And then when I was on channel nine live, um, which I did a session on channel nine live, um, one of the guy Eric um, was uh, one of the guys that posted a question about hey is Coplex dead and it didn't make it you know they have a list of questions and I saw it pop up on the screen but then like Seth didn't get round to asking it it was down the list uh-huh. and so he didn't get a chance to ask me it and I was like I felt like I get I owed Eric an answer so I emailed him but I also um, he asked on the comments to the session on the um, on the Channel Nine site um, so I, I left a comment for him which was probably about like nine pages long. Or something. I'm looking at the Put comment
1: it. now. Yeah. yeah, I think that is one of the longer comments. It's it
0: a blog post, not a comment. <laughs> yeah. But if I did it as a blog post, I would just get the kind of replies back to the, the blog post that Brian gave me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't work on that team anymore. But I kind of wanted to explain. Look, this is the plan. You know what I mean? Coplex isn't dead either. And um, here's the reason why. Um, We moved to GitHub for Microsoft projects. Here's the reason why Coplex still exists. Here's the reason why I personally think Coplex should exist in the future and carry on existing. And here's what the plan is, you know, just be completely honest with, yep, this is what the plan is with Coplex. And, you know, I'm uh yeah Yeah. feel free to not believe me but this was the plan at the time this was the plan when when i was around it may have changed since i left the team you know whatever i don't i know it hasn't but it may do in the future i'm not on that team anymore but this this is this is what's this is reality and i know there are a bunch of people but like um there's still a lot of people in our community that are very much um we need to win at everything Mm Mm-hmm. And that's – we don't. We really don't.
1: You know, <laughs> you don't need to win. You just don't need to – don't give up. You know, there, there's – a. It, it's okay to be okay. You, you don't yeah. have to win like you were saying. And, and you know – I, I am actually. I was really glad that you said that when when we talked, and that you weren't going. Uh, that Microsoft wasn't going to, you know, Google Code Codeplex like they they shut down. And
0: don't get me code. wrong, there are people both inside and outside Microsoft that want to Google Code Codeplex. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So I'm not I'm not ruling out that it would never, ever, ever happen because again, I'm not in charge of that team anymore. Uh-huh. But um, we shouldn't, in my opinion, because yeah, it, you need alternatives. the The, the long term roadmap of a Codeplex uh, it is for it to be. Um, Back ended with VSO, but there's a just a rat's nest of things that needed to get fixed, and in my post. I was like the and one of the most important things is the hardest thing to build, and that's simplicity. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but th- there are so many things that need to get fixed. But that's the plan. That's why it's in Brian's org. You know, it, it makes sense. Um, and and also there's our like. There are people who like Coplex, and that's great. You know, Coplex has really good SEO. Coplex has forums. Coplex has, you know, a good binary release system there are uh, GoPlex as, as adverts that give money not to microsoft but to the project who hosts right. them that's great if you want to have Coplex and github and SourceForge <laughs> and bitbucket all for your open source project do that do you can do as much do whatever you can pick the best of breed for what you need to do it's all good <laughs> it's not we don't have to like but what microsoft shouldn't do is spend a lot of time Like trying to beat GitHub, and what it definitely shouldn't do is hold the .NET community like it shouldn't artificially hold the .NET community hostage on Coplex, right? Because that's its property, or
1: or even VSO,
0: or even VSO. You know,
1: that was one of the surprising things that's in the Visual Studio 2015 RC is that the Team Explorer can directly connect to GitHub. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, oh, you know, it, that was surprising. I was like, what is that? That's really yep. pretty cool.
0: And that's because for us, again, okay, sorry, I'm. Gonna, yeah, it's not. It's not about. It's it's not about winning. That's it's the, about making sure developers have all the options available to them.
1: And that's the Microsoft that we have wanted for a long time. You know, that was huh. the Microsoft of old. Then it became came the Microsoft new, and now we got the Microsoft new new, or the Microsoft new,
0: which is actually the Microsoft old again. old
1: new, whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, the pendulum swung back, and it's actually okay to be a Microsoft developer. It's, it feels good. To be a Microsoft, you, you actually see that vision. You see that forward momentum. You see the open sourcing of stuff. Now, what I really want to see is other divisions within Microsoft do these same kind of things. The dev div has been just leading the charge of this open source stuff. You know, you just, just, but I would love to see some open source office solutions or you know not we've seen cross-platform but you know let's i kind of hope this dev div thing infects the rest of the corporation and we start seeing more of that that would be awesome
0: well we're certainly doing our best to try and infect everybody (laughs) i I, you know i think it's cne that certainly had a bug and you know the boss the old boss of cne is kind of important nowadays (laughs) but um uh the yeah, it was certainly. I, I'm seeing a lot of the uh, Windows guys definitely getting a lot more involved, and like you say, there are other parts that aren't as involved. But then the you know Office Dev as a whole GitHub organization as well. So it's 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 um, but there's a difference between doing open source and being open and collaborative. You know, no, what I mean? yeah, yeah, you're
1: right. There's, you're you're absolutely. I don't mean to interrupt, but you're, you're absolutely right. Microsoft used to be make it source available. You know, mm-hmm. you could see the source. Even you know they did it with with the rotor and the very first source, version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. source available is very different from what the dev div is doing with the .NET core and what you're doing in the .NET foundation uh, as being, yeah, you know, truly what – Open source really is around and meant to be. It's that two-way collaboration between internal and external, between just teams working on the stuff. Doesn't matter if you're internal or external, and that's where DevDev is going. So
0: yeah, yeah.
1: It's funny actually. I, I, I noticed this. It was actually I was
0: kind of thinking about this as Emo was talking, and we did a, a session that you came along to, and sort of like with the local San Francisco user group um, in the in one of the evenings, Tuesday evening, of course. And um, it was I was I realized that um, there's a bunch of stuff in net that we the net team don't consider as open source even though the source is publicly available and in many instances is available under the mit license like a lot of the reference source code is available in a github repo called microsoft you know GitHub.Microsoft. no github .com whack microsoft whack reference source there's a bunch of the reference source code is available in there under an MIT license in the old days we would have said that's open source the team themselves don't consider that open source because that project is a published project you know that's where source code goes so you can see what happened and so people can use it especially like the mono people and, right. and we can use it over in .net core um, what the team think of as open source is, is projects that they are actively working in. They are actively taking contributions from the community. They are working out in the open and then pulling back into Visual Studio and into Windows and things as they do releases and stuff. And that, that's what we consider the bar of, of the word open source to be nowadays, which is, I believe, the correct bar. Right. But um, it, it, it's fascinating to see how that's actually changed as the companies evolve. So it, it's great. But there we go. Anyway, we're ranting. <laughs> Sorry, this is, this is good. This is probably more interesting than the stuff we had on the show notes. Anyway, so yeah, um, Do you wanna, uh, there was a bunch of um, extensions and things. Yeah, as well we want to talk out.
1: about these last show, but we kind of ran out of time, just like we're kind of running out of time this time. But um, you know, real quickly, we'll have all the links in the show notes. But you know, one of my favorite extensions is the um, Developer Assistant. Uh, extension for Visual Studio. And you guys all know I do uh, every Monday, I try to do a Visual Studio extension. I've highlighted these uh, in the Coding for Fun blog. uh, I've highlighted this a number of times, but they just did a new release. And it's a release for 2012, 2013, 2015 RC. And uh, what this does is it makes it like really easy uh, to (laughs) do what we all do. You know, we all go out and web search for our code, you know, or look for examples on it. Um, you know, why reinvent the wheel if somebody already has and you can, you know, see how they did it so you can grok it so you can move on to the next problem. This is the extension that helps with that. And one of the new things, ironically enough, is it has um, GitHub integration. So when you're looking for source code or source code examples on how do you use not just a .NET uh, you know, Microsoft stuff, but third party extensions. Like I use the HTML agility pack hap Mm -hmm. a lot. If you're doing HTML parsing, that is the extension to use. There's extensions Mm -hmm. and examples on how to use that. And it pulls it from GitHub, which is really Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, some of the other extensions uh, that want to highlight, uh, you know, we are in a TFS ALM show. So there's the TFS, uh, Productivity Pack from Shining Dragon. It's free. Uh, There's a number of extensions where it'll uh, extend like, you know, you right-mouse-click open source control open-in source control explorer. You know, so you've got the solution open, and and now you want to find out where it is in the actual uh, source control explorer. Right-mouse-click away. Uh, You know, branching build definitions. There's other extensions in here as well. They've Speaking of open source, um, Brian Harry blogged about, this was in the end of March, one of the things uh, that we do, that as I do, you know, we got an email thread going on and on and on, and now I want to create a bug from it, or I want to create a feature from it. You know, I fire up Visual Studio, or I go to the website and I create a new bug, and I drag the MSG into it, so an attachment, so I have all the history and stuff. But that's a very manual process. There's third party extensions to Outlook that makes those a little bit easier. But what if you just mm-hmm. want to? You know, send this email. The server
0: side thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. You just want to send it. I want to send this email to TFS. Uh, mm-hmm. h- how do you do that? Well, uh, Brian Harry talks about very quickly uh, a, a extension, server side extension that does that. Mail debug, if the source is available, which is very cool. It works with Exchange or Office 365. So it works with VSO as well as TFS.
0: And interestingly, that's another another example of code that was internal that we've made open source. You know, so that that's been around that's been around a long time because Microsoft is a is a very 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 email driven company, <laughs> and uh, as Greg knows because he's on some internal aliases, and um, yeah, so that that is forever, and you know now it's available as a project. So brilliant. There we go. It's just it's just great.
1: And the last extension I want to talk about is the TFS Source Control Explorer extension, which is an extension from Holon Jan uh, uh, that is just focused on extending Source Control Explorer. Funny that. Uh, Mm. And they keep revving this thing with destroys. He's been revving it since, let me see, uh, at least 2011. Yeah, no,
0: he's been – a long time, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And there are different versions for 2013, 2012, 2010. Uh, the latest one was an update for VS 2015 CTP. Uh, I'm sure there will be an update for the RC coming anytime now. Mm-hmm. So if you live yep. in that tool, the Source Control Explorer, this is another one of those free extensions you, you should definitely check out.
0: Definitely. Speaking of things you should check out, uh, it's kind of, you know, stealing your thunder. You normally do <laughs> about this stuff, but uh, – yeah, I do like my free training and a friend of the show, Stephen Borg has done a bunch of free training modules again, seen, we we do these, you know, pick these up occasionally, he does these quite often mm-hmm. but um, one of the things I love is, you know, Stephen's sessions are always some of the, the most highly rated sessions of any conference I go to, I kind of have a you know, he kind of beats me from time to time in terms of eval scores, which is always annoying but that's because the sessions are so good and uh, you can get them for free on, uh, um, we'll put a link in the show notes but he's basically, he's got the, using Kanban, the Enterprise Agility is not an oxymoron session. The Using Git with Visual Studio session, there was a great Using Git with Visual Studio session at Build as well. I might add, but there we go. <laughs> and um, you know, there was, a, there was a bunch of sessions there that it has got uh, for free available online. You can go through and you know do them in your lunch hour, do them at home, whatever. They're, these are training modules that you would pay an awful lot of money to go and attend at a conference or at a, at a you know a pre-conference type thing, or even you know in, in sort of classroom training and. Hey, they are available for free. So I, I've done the training, Greg. We must have some ALM Ranger goodness.
1: Well, this was another one that we wanted to talk about last week. And I swear, I went back and looked at last show's notes. And I thought we talked about it and we talked about it with Gordon. I'm not sure if we mentioned it or not, but I'm going to mention it again anyway. We were talking about the book
0: a lot, I think. So yeah. yeah. yeah so, so anyway.
1: um, but this one is uh, Will it has did a four-part series about git for the tfvc user. If you're like me, we've been using tfvc for forever. Git is the new shiny. You want to start at least talking the talk and seeing why you know, how would you make the move? What would you do? Um he's got the four posts here.
0: And I can't tell you how many people were asking for this during my Git <laughs> session. I'd forgotten. I i forgotten. Willie P had already posted it. So yeah. there we go. Glad you put it in the show
1: notes. Yeah, it's like how do you make the changes? You know, the basic workflow. Uh, uh reviewing those changes. You know, with no conflicts. Uh, reviewing the changes with conflicts. Conflicts. Uh, converting tfbc repository you actually want to convert one of those to git he talks about it here as well so
0: cool yeah and the thing i love about again willie p and a lot of the Ranger stuff is you know they're blogging and writing about this stuff as they're doing it which is always the best way right you know um, and so it's like lessons that that, that are, these are fresh cuts <laughs> this is these are fresh wounds they've had and while it's still very clear in the memory like let's document that and let let you know let future people benefit from mistakes and different things that he learned and you know things that surprised him as he was going through it so it's all good
1: well my friend i think that is a show.
0: Definitely. So um, I need to check out that email address because we're having trouble about the email address not working. So, hey, I know tfs at gmail.com probably still works, but hopefully tfs at Outlook.com, if you want to send us some feedback, definitely will work. If not, just uh, ping me, Martin, um, Woodward at Microsoft.com. That also works as well.
1: And then um, yeah, you can also do a shout out ahead. to Peter. Thanks, Peter, for letting us know yeah. about that
0: definitely we're looking into it right now and then also um you can also leave us a voicemail which does work on 145 uh, 233 so greg it was brilliant seeing you glad to see you growing your hair back as well that was exciting
1: <laughs> yeah it's way gray the mustache is all gray i don't know how i'm gonna it leave came it back
0: you should just be happy about that trust <laughs> me and then uh, otherwise yeah we'll, we'll speak to you next time on radio tfs